Dear Lord, please give me the strength. Waiting for God's answer to prayer isn't easy, but it can bring joy. Welcome to In the Meanwhile with your hosts, Les and Paige Hughes. Podcasting encouragement today from Alabaster, Alabama. Remember, there is always meaning in the meanwhile. Hello, everybody. You're listening to In the Meanwhile. I'm Les Hughes, and normally sitting by my side to do our podcast is my wife, Paige. She's uh, not a part of this one because I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, where I'm spending some time with my brothers and my dad for a special Father's Day edition of In the Meanwhile. I'm telling you, I have looked forward to this day for a long time because every time I get together with my dad and my brothers, we end up learning uh, new things that we've either uh, suppressed intentionally or unintentionally over the years. But you know what I wanted to do, hopefully, especially for uh, people out there, dads especially, dads and sons, uh, dads and daughters that uh, need some encouragement Today, I hope that you receive that by listening uh, to this podcast. And really, what I'd like to do is um, we're we're going to talk uh, about some things like in our family, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Guys, we're going to just talk about some stuff. Um, I may have to I may have to edit it at some point. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I'd like not to. I'd like just to just to let it run and go as is. It uh, depends on maybe how the stories, how I end up looking in the stories. I may have to do something with them. I don't know. You're going to be ugly. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go last and be ugly. <laughs> I know which one that's going to be. <laughs> so we're just going to have some fun. And um, I, we've all learned lessons uh, from you, Dad, uh, through the years. Some of them you taught intentionally, I'm sure. And some of you may not, you, you may not have intentionally done it. We just sort of overheard them. Uh, all three of us, my, my um, next, I'm the, I'm the oldest in our family. The next one is our brother Carter. And then Donnie is a little bit younger than Carter. So there are three of us. And uh, we're all uh, dads and husbands. And um, uh, all of our kids are now grown and uh, either almost out of the nest or on the way out, let's, let's say. So um, now I, I think that we can probably give some encouragement to maybe some younger dads out there that are going through some of the life stages that we have. So we're, we're going to talk for a little while, and um, I, I hope that y'all that are listening will, will benefit by some of it. So guys, let's talk about the good and the bad and the ugly, and we'll start off with the good. What are some, what are some things that y'all remember, things that we, that we did or even that dad did or taught us uh, as we were growing up that you've maybe even hand it down to your kids? I, I can start. Um, kind of do this on the fly, so it's hard to, you know, land on one particular thing. But um, at, the, at the risk of sounding too serious too fast. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. We wouldn't want that. Um, I think one of the things that I've, I learned, even when I was younger, and one of the things that I see – exhibited in my own son who's 20 years old now um, and I think it, it had to have come through me <laughs> because I got it from you and that's just a realization of um, I don't want to say balance in life because you know sometimes life is out of balance but seasons going through different seasons in your life where um, 
sometimes things are just going to be the way they are. Mm -hmm. That can be good and that can be bad. Uh, since we're talking about good, we can focus on the good. But uh, just seeing and, and thinking back, Dad, on some of the things that you had done career-wise in your life and able to switch roles from being a teacher in a public school system and then moving into full-time ministry, but always having a uh, even a background, I'll say volunteer or lay ministry going on too. There was balance there, but even more than that, there were seasons mm -hmm. um, of development and seasons of growth. And I think just being around you during that time and experiencing that and, and maybe not consciously recognizing it and taking note of it, but being in the environment and just being subjected to it is something I think that rolled on to me. And uh, I, I think that I can say I'm pretty even keeled person, not, not somebody who's in balance all the time, but somebody who recognizes that uh, there are often going to be periods or even maybe even sustained periods uh, where things are just a little bit different yeah. and, and might take some adjustment on your yeah. part. So I think it's a good quality to have. I'm glad that I see it in my son but even more glad and thankful that I was able to, to experience it growing up for you. So that's a, that's a good thing hmm. for me. I'm glad to hear you say that because as I think back over our lives, there are very few times I can remember when I sat down and said, this is a life lesson that you need to do or you don't need to do. Yeah. I probably did that some, maybe, I don't know, but uh, I've always looked at that time as being one that, anything good happened during that time and I want to say right up front I consider all three of you boys better fathers than I was and husbands you're great husbands and you do a great job your kids and I'm so blessed for that but when I look back and think about some of the things that happened and I really can't put my finger on a lot of times where I really sat down and used some of the resources that are available now to try to teach you life lessons. It just mm -hmm. seemed like it just kind of rolled along. And, of course, I give God the glory for anything good that happened because I think he made a, a lot of accommodation for my mistakes. And mm -hmm. so I'm just grateful to him for that. Well, don't you think that sometimes those lessons are uh, taught, but there are other times that they're caught, you know, especially with, with boys and families that are very, very active and not just sitting down to to uh, to listen, I, I can remember one time um, when before you actually surrendered to a, a calling on your life to preach, when you were uh, active in the church we grew up, you were a Gideon, and uh, Gideons uh, used their own businessmen who used their own uh, financial resources and time to go really all over the country and all over the world and uh, handing out copies of God's word and spreading God's word. And God uses his word to save people, to, to redeem people, and to change lives. And I, I, don't, I can remember guys that dad used to make us, and I mean make us, <laughs> sit down on the couch, you know, and give his pitch with those, with those Gideon Bibles. And we would skirm and wriggle and writhe to get up. And, we would, and, he, and, and we'd just sit there, man, and, and he'd make those presentations. But you know something? Uh, when I was pastor for church later on, every time, and I mean every time, that we had a Gideon come and share about Gideon ministry or uh, about uh, about um, the, the work of the Gideons, my mind went back to being 
eight and ten years old sitting on that couch. And what we were doing was, at the time I didn't realize it, but as a, as a dad later on, we were watching uh, a man who was trying to use the resources and the, and the gifts and the life that God had given him to spread God's word and was preparing for that in the best way he knew how and that is practicing on his, on his kids. But not only was it a practice session, we were being exposed to the word of God as well. And I think God even used that later on to really call you into the gospel ministry for you to be a pastor a few years after that. That is good. When I think, and you know, Dad, I can't say that I might not have just rolled my eyes if you sat us down and intentionally said, here comes a life lesson. Are you paying attention? Yeah. You know, that, that wouldn't have stuck nearly as well as, as just witnessing. Yeah. You as know. I was thinking about our, our time today, I was thinking about the, um, I think Carter, I think, or one of y'all, maybe it was you, Carter, that said something about Dad taking the time to, to co- literally coach us when we were doing ball. I'll talk about that for a few minutes. Well, that's, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll weigh in here. Uh, Carter Hughes here. Uh, <laughs> middle child, least yes. number of photos in the family album. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, one who craves more attention than the other two. You know, Les is a smart one. Les is a smart one. The Ph.D. Donnie, the talented one. He can play just about anything with strings. Winsome, never meets a stranger. Never. Um, so me, I had to create my own, you know, uh, lifestyle. So the funny one, but it's it, now it is really funny the way that you say that that each one of us, your assumption is we're a better parent than you were. Well, I don't know, and I thought about this the other day. I don't know if you ever felt just the the, the sense of inadequacy that I feel sometimes as a parent because you're constantly second guessing yourself, and um, you know. There's nights when I lay my head down on the pill and I, you know, think, well, you know, because my son will be 20 in July. And I think, could I have done this differently? And I think back to, to your parenting and, and try to emulate that the best I can. But, yeah, we had some, some good times. And uh, my son, you know, when, when your parents say, I hope that, you know, you have a son just like you. So you can see what it's like. Well, that's that's not that's not the cruel trick of God. The cruel trick of God is He gives you a son that's exactly the opposite of you, because you don't know how to deal with him. Uh, if my son was anything like me, I would go back to you know my experiences growing up and kind of relate that to him. But he's not. He's not like me at all. He's. Uh, He's serious. He's stoic. Uh, he, he's got a pretty good sense of humor, but knows where to draw the line in between, you know, work and play. And I never really uh, made that distinction. <laughs> you know, everything was play. I'd make a game out of, out of, you know, taking out the garbage. But when we were younger, you know, we got to spend so much time with Dad, which is a blessing. I mean, when when he coached our, our little league baseball teams and then yeah. later on uh, coached high school, I mean, it would have been a huge treat for me to be able to spend that, that type of quality time with my child uh, growing up that he spent with us. And I just, you know, thank him for that. And, and look back at those and, and try to uh, not imitate, but kind of emulate, you know, his, his parenting. But it was good times.
Uh, well, that's some of the good. I, one other thing that I was thinking of uh, this afternoon is that, you know, um, we've all grown up in the church and made professions of faith when we were pretty young, I think every one of us. Um, and we, So we've certainly, as adults even, certainly as adults, seen um, the good, speaking of the good and the bad and the ugly, we've seen the good and the bad and the ugly of people and, and God's people in a lot of times. So um, growing up in church and then we've all been in leadership in churches. Donnie is an elder at the uh, church where his family the fellowship that they're a part of, and uh, Carter is a deacon, the church where he and his family are members, and then um, I've been pastor for, for many years, and so we've seen the inside of ministry and seen it from the outside too, but every single one of us grew has grown up with a love for the church, and uh, even as I realize, I've met a lot of people who were uh, who were offended or hurt by maybe a person in the church or even maybe a minister or a pastor of the church, and they're done with all of it. I mean, they are done. And I've Absolutely. always thought, man, that is just so silly. You would never do that if you were if you were burned by a physician. I don't think most normal people would write them all off. Or if you were disappointed by an attorney, I don't think you'd just say, well, I'm done with every single one of them. Maybe, but not, not normally. But people will absolutely do that. Sometimes when it comes to a, a church or a, um, a, a, the church overall. But I think one of the reasons of, for that is that we grew up in a home where our parents loved the church. Not only loved the Lord, but loved the bride of Christ. And I never, we would, we'd have Sunday lunch every single Sunday as a family. And I just never remember of them dogging church or the pastor and they were on the inside dad you y'all were you taught sunday school you were deacons you sang in the choir and and uh we had the pastor and minister music at our home sometimes but i know people who do those all those things and still dog you know the leadership or the church that was just never a part of our home and i know it wasn't because nothing bad ever happened <laughs> but y'all made that deliberate choice to to let us see that later on as adults and then make our own minds up instead of planting seeds that would be unhealthy earlier. Very true. Church was always a part of our, vitally a part of our life. In fact, we changed churches one time when you all were still pretty young and impressionable and minister, youth minister left that church and they went several months without a youth minister, and we felt real need that you all needed some leadership as in the church as far as youth is concerned. And we moved to another church where mm -hmm. there was a youth leader there that was dynamic and energetic and on fire, and, and I think he had a major impact on your all's life. Mm -hmm. Same same instance with me. Uh, we attended the church when our son was uh, first born. And um, there, there just weren't a lot of kids around that church his age. He was the only, the only one in Sunday school. Now there were, there were a lot of uh, college age students, uh, seminary students that had a lot of uh, babies, a lot of kids, but no, none his age. And uh, we, during the summertime, would send him uh, to a lot of vacation Bible schools in the neighborhood. Some we would even walk to. That's how close these, these churches were. Uh, just to keep him um, occupied, give him something to do. Our church didn't offer a vacation Bible school, so we would 
visit those in the area. And um, for some reason, we had never been to this one, uh, and we wanted to go. It was always the uh, same time as another one that we liked to attend. But we just, one evening, um, and I think, uh, you know, our son was, I think, about, I think he was six or seven at the time, and just, you know, fell in love with the children's director and his wife, and uh, we knew that uh, he would be able to provide, you know, the structure to, to our son that we wouldn't be able to, and uh, we've, you know, been there 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, they say big doors turn on small hinges, and that decision uh, it didn't seem maybe like a huge deal at the time, but it in that decision, God used in all of our lives in a in a pretty uh, significant way uh, would be later on. All right, well, we could continue on. Those are the good. I, w I would say this, dads, if, if you're uh, all the dads that are that are listening, and and uh, if there are some some wives and moms that are listening to this, maybe you want to have your husband listen to it at some point and um, or a dad a dad in your life I would just say guys look hang in there don't give up you have no idea of knowing uh, how much fruit and what kind of fruit the investments that you're making right now are gonna bear in the lives of your uh, your kids and your family members years from now and even future generations so stay with the stuff walk with the Lord and uh, and certainly trust him even in things that you don't see you know uh, these podcasts are called In the Meanwhile because we believe there's meaning in the meanwhile. We believe that God is doing things even when you can't see him at work. And um, these are just a few of the examples. We could keep on going with the good, but I want to get to some of the, the bad. We were I was talking with you guys a little earlier. They're just not – I just don't remember a lot of bad. I mean, I just don't. There, there's, there's not. I remember a few ugly. This is going to be my ugly. favorite part. <laughs> yeah, we're going, that's going to be a, a fun part in just a minute. But let's talk about uh, the bad sum. What what were some of the, the challenges and the difficulties? We're, we're still learning. We're still observing. Um, you know, Donna, you talked about some of the different um, uh, jobs and really careers that, that Dad had over the years. Mm -hmm. um, now, as an adult, man, I, I mean, and I've, I've changed – careers change direction in the last few years that is tough man and uh especially when you have a lot of other people that are dependent on you but i i never remember ever thinking that dad chose work over us right or, or that we were ever in any kind of um jeopardy yeah. as far as you know having a solid home or want for anything right. i can't remember yeah. wanting you know nothing that wasn't provided for us yeah now, I, I'll tell you this, and you were talking about good, bad, and ugly when we were talking about church leadership, and I thought, yeah, I've been all three of those people. You know, <laughs> at, at some point, I've been ugly to somebody. I know I've been somebody's ugly. Yeah. I've been somebody else's bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, but for me, personally, growing up, kind of young, and, and being in the homes of my friends, I had, a, I had some pretty stark examples of what bad looked like. And... And kind of like you said, Carter, you know, it's not selective memory. We're not just blocking out anything that might have happened that we think is bad. Um, I, I know that it's just been a blessed life yeah. for me. And and my wife, Bobby, and I have this conversation often. And she says she's sheltered. You know, she says, I guess I was just sheltered. Or, you know, but I said, no, you were brought up by two people who absolutely loved you mm -hmm. and wanted the best for you. 
and uh, I can say that wasn't always the case mm -hmm. in some of the homes that I was in mm -hmm. when I was growing up. So yeah. to know what it looks like and to realize that you're not in the bad situation is huge. Yeah. That's, and and it, it really does, it has a huge bearing on, on your character, who you become. You know, and it, it also makes you more sensitive to people who are in a worse spot than you are. Well, as, as a parent, you, you do what you have to and don't think twice about it. Um, you know, our, our son, 20 now, uh, well, will be 20, uh, was diagnosed at a very early age in that, um, in that uh, autism spectrum. He falls into that, that autism spectrum. And he's, it's very high functioning form of, of Asperger's, but it's just, it's just different. You, you deal with him different. You, you try to teach him differently. Um, you just, you deal with problems differently. Uh, he, you know, has some difficulties with some obsessive um, compulsion issues and people ask, you know, how, how do you do it? You know, how do you uh, deal with it? And my answer is always, how do you not? Mm -hmm. How do you not? It's, yeah. It comes natural yeah. because I think that we, you know, all growing up had, uh, had that leadership to, to look at, you know, and, and dad, dad's example. But the two things that that I hate to do more than anything else is move and and change jobs. And I've done both a lot. And one day I'll figure out what I want to do uh, for a career. I haven't figured it out yet, but one day I will. So um, <laughs> I can relate to that that part of it. It's tough, you know. Yeah. It's tough to, to uproot your family and and you know go out and start new. Yeah, somewhere. But you yeah. Know, I don't remember a lot of bad. I, you know, I can remember probably on one hand yeah. um, the times that that I, that I feared for my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's on us, really. Yeah, right. That's because I was a <laughs> the, uh, Again, we're back to the yeah. ugly. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. That's um, I was a little yagin. Well, the worst that I can remember that really, when I think of bad, it wasn't something as a child. It was just a few years ago, and um, I was. Certainly a grown man with, with kids of my own and um, had preached for a long, long time that we walk by faith and not by sight and that God sustains us just like we've all talked about. And then I received a phone call, like you all did, from Dad and um, letting me know that he had, uh, like, that you had stage four cancer. And now we're talking about several years in the rearview mirror, but at the time we had no idea. Yeah, we just, just celebrated your 10-year anniversary that I, I can't believe it's just that just blows me away because at the time yeah. yeah and you found out uh because of i think a gallbladder procedure that you were having they did the blood work and said guess what you got stage four mantle cell lymphoma which is a very serious form of, of cancer and the the cancer itself really never goes into remission it stays inactive for periods or can but now we're talking about many rounds of radiation and chemo and surgery um, later, but it's, it's been prayer and, and grace that's, that's got you through that. And I want you to speak to that uh, in, in just a second. But what, just from my part, what I remember is that phone call, and I've never felt more like I had been punched in the gut just out of the blue. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was just news I didn't expect, and I don't know that you could ever be prepared for that. And at that time, we had no idea. I mean, I'd certainly been in ministry long enough to know what stage four cancer meant most of the time and looked like. And then, But I will never forget what you said. 
that was sobering to me and encouraging to me and I don't even know that you remember exactly, but I remember about the exact words when you said, Les, for all of our lives, we've, we've talked about how, how we trust in God no matter what and how he's enough. And you said, this is a chance for us to show people that it wasn't just talk, but that we really didn't mean it. And I remember thinking, well, all right, then let's, let's go, you know, Let, let's roll. And I don't know if you even remember having, having that part of the conversation but I do. I do remember it very well. In fact, I've, I've told that to more people than one. That, and I've even said, you know, I hear people talking about uh, fighting the fight, you know, and, and fighting cancer. And I, well, I've always believed that it wasn't my fight. Right. You know, it was it's the Lord's fight. I think that's what David said when he went up against Goliath. He said, you know, it's not my fight, it's, it's the Lord's fight. And so he's going to fight for me. And, and like you said, Les, it's been you know, talking faith and, and preaching and teaching faith all my life. And what would it look like if I didn't put my, just put up where, it, where rubber meets the road? And then yeah. I had kind of that same feeling with when Carter had his diagnosis of, uh, of cancer. And so he knows now what it is to go through that difference. It's a really difficult time, I think more difficult than I did, and so uh, I've been proud of him and the way he's handled it. You know, it's not when, it's not if you run across these things in life, it's when it happens. Sure, you know, it's just that, you know, when uh, yeah, tribulations. It's just the way, yeah. That's life. Mm -hmm. Hard things happen, and you trust in the Lord, you do what you can, you trust in the Lord, and yeah. go from there. That's I right. don't think I've ever been scared to die. Death doesn't scare me. I mean, of course, I want to make sure that my wife and, and son are taken care of. That's the only part that really worries me. But, um, you know, because my diagnosis came about last June, I guess, uh, with stage four squamous cell carcinoma in my throat. I just had a, a lump develop on the right side, right below my jawline. And uh, after a series of biopsies and tests, you know, they determined that it was cancerous. And, went through uh, several rounds of uh, chemotherapy and 42 uh, radiation treatments, not that I was counting. Mm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think I told Dad, I, I, you know, I had a good run. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, I had a good run. Uh, got married. Uh, had a son. Uh, I've worked at a, a job that I've enjoyed for the past, you know, 20 years. What do I have to complain about? Yeah. There are people out there in much worse shape than I am. Still in. You know, That's I, right. I, we we want to be sure that uh, many who are believers are not afraid of dying, not afraid of, the, of eternity and all that. We we may be a little concerned about how we die. I don't want to get hit by a bus or eaten by an alligator. Uh, <laughs> you know, that would be bad. But, uh, but what a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something I'm reminded of often, Les, and something you said when you after you had your heart attack and you survived it and, you know, you were pretty sure that you were going to be able to recover fully. Yeah, I thought that I would go a lot longer for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember asking you, um, did you think you were going to die? Because it was a serious heart attack. I mean, yeah. they, they were going to take you to a hospital <laughs> downtown and they said, no, we're going to one about a half a distance away. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's when you knew yeah. that was a pretty bad deal. 
Um, but um, you see, I, I said, did you think you were going to die? And you said, well, I knew I could die. But, and I think that's where the conversation stopped. You said, I, yeah. I, knew, I think I knew I could die, but. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I've had a, a couple of different opportunities to, to share with people an illustration that I heard a pastor use where uh, a scene is on a beach, lots of swimmers in the water, and um, it's obvious that there's a swimmer in distress and drowning. And a, a good Samaritan does what he does. He jumps in, he swims out, he saves the person, he brings them in. They seem lifeless, there's, there's nothing happening with the body, they begin CPR, and all at once the person starts breathing again and it's obvious they're going to be okay. And somebody in the crowd said, oh, God is good. And, and somebody who was standing next to him said, if he drowned, God would still be good, mm-hmm. you right. know. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's not just um, it's not just a casual attitude of well, come what may, yeah. you know. It there's an undercurrent in your life when you're a believer, and and when you've been exposed to some things, you realize then that God is faithful, mm-hmm. and it really doesn't matter what our circumstances are. He's faithful always. That's right. So do we recognize that? Or do we allow our circumstances to blind us to that fact and just, you know, woe is me. Um, you know, oh, it's horrible what's happened to Dad. I'm so sad for Dad. I'm so I've, sad for I've never, I've never tried to let our circumstances define who we are. Um, that's just a, a, a road to nowhere. Uh, you, you don't do that. You stay strong in your faith. You try to remember others that, like I say, don't have it as well as you do, and uh, you you take it from there. You're listening to In the Meanwhile with Les and Paige Hughes. Visit MeanwhileMinistries.com for more encouraging resources to help you find meaning in the meanwhile. Now, back to the show. Well... My goodness, I can't believe it. I mean, the time is just flying through here, and I want to get to uh, a couple of the things that I would think are fairly ugly, you know? Um, <laughs> and you. I'm looking at you two on purpose. But, uh, yeah, there, there's a couple of things. You know, one of the one of the things that I wanted, Donnie, I wanted you to share was when I think of, I mean, as a dad, some things happen and they're just frustrating, you know? <laughs> and dad, dad has just pulled out, y'all, oh, a, no. a, a plastic, this is a plastic lobster. I oh, wish is that. that there's a, that thing has got to be 40 years Definitely. old and it looks like it. It's, it's ugly red plastic life-size lobster. And it cost a fortune. <laughs> I knew Donnie would remember that. Yeah. All right, so tell about tell about how we got I'm holding this plastic lobster, y'all, and it's gotta be forty years old and they haven't seen it probably in that long. Dad brought it out and showed it to me this afternoon, but boy, it just brought back all kinds of memories. We used to take about an annual trip to the beach. We'd go to Pensacola or Panama City Beach, and that's a long way from Louisville. I mean, we're closer here to Canada. Than we are the beach, so that's literally true. I didn't know that until recently. So, anyway, we uh, 
We used to go down there about once a year. That was a real big deal for us to go. So, Donnie, if you remember how we got that thing. No, I don't – I mean, I don't remember – I remember it's a skee-ball prize. Yeah. I don't remember who won it. Probably me because I'm the most athletically gifted. <laughs> we yeah, spent a fortune trying but, yeah, to win that. That's going to cost 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's 1975 dollars yeah. we're talking about. Kept dropping money in that thing and the balls kept coming and you kept throwing it. Yeah, sure enough, man. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so I can't believe it hadn't been thrown away, though. It's awful. Y'all keep everything. Well, speaking of the beach, I remember (laughs) one time in particular that uh, Pop was trying to get get us all in the station wagon and get or probably I don't even know if it was a station wagon really, but get us all get us all loaded up and get uh, get us all. And Donnie, man, you had this uh, you had this rubber or plastic, I guess, inflatable duck that you wore around your waist and uh, and uh, went. Off to parts unknown, swimming with that duck around. And as I recall, you didn't at that point in time. You didn't get much past your ankles. No, I was just a little guy anyway. But still yeah. had that duck around your waist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're, we're in the car movie somewhere. That's so there are. Oh yeah, there yeah. there are. So we're in the car. Dad's getting everything ready. We're not <laughs> able to lift a finger. We're a little, we're a little or not willing yeah. anyway. And he and the duck were inseparable. Oh, Donnie oh, yeah. had that duck now. Donnie I had love the duck. that duck, man. Okay, so. And so it wrapped all the way around yeah. my waist. And his head and popped the, up. the duck's neck came up my torso, and its head sat in front of my head, where we were both looking the same direction. I love that duck. <laughs> and I had it with me all week. And I was probably, I mean, I remember it. You so were I was four, five, five, five maybe. years old, maybe. Uh, but it was just something I had with me down there. We're on the beach. We're in the pool. And you got a duck. Having a great time. Duck, man. I love that duck. Not a care in the world. No. And you just, you know, it had like the little nozzle on it where you just blew it up. Right. And, you know, if you want to you pop it and deflate it or whatever, just pull that plug. But here we are at the end of the vacation. And this this is well into the ugly phase of the podcast <laughs> now. Right? Yeah, right. Okay. So we're on this vacation. And, and, and Dad, this might be the time. That you got the tops of your feet sunburned. Yeah, I remember that. From yeah. wading in shallow water. Yeah. And they were blistered. I mean, so yeah, we are closer to Canada than we are to the Gulf, that's yeah. for sure. But so we're at the end of this week where we've all been down in the sun. Everybody's tired. We're ready to come home. And, and Dad has done what dads do, where he has packed the trunk perfectly. And Dad's a sweater, you know. Yeah, he's, done, he's <laughs> yeah. a sweater. I get that from Dad. He'll sweater in a meat cooler. I get those big <laughs> yeah. pores yeah. from Dad. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. So, Could sweat turning a screwdriver. Trunk is perfectly packed. Everybody's sunburned. We're all ready to get on the road to come home. And I remember walking up to Dad with that duck, fully inflated, and saying, "Hey, don't don't forget about my duck." <laughs> So here's Dad at the trunk. You couldn't fit a piece of paper. He didn't forget about it. You couldn't slide a piece of paper in his trunk. And I'm saying, hey, ain't I forget about my duck. (laughs) And without saying a word, he reached down, snatched the duck off of me, took the toothpick out of his mouth, and popped that duck. Popped it. Popped your duck. There's your duck. It's whistling now. Wadded it up and stuffed it in the trunk. (laughs) So we didn't forget the duck. Oh, you know, one thing I no really, duck behind. <laughs> one thing I really enjoy about getting older is you lose some of your memory. <laughs> of some of the things when these three guys get together, they oh, they talk about, and I find out that never happened. I didn't. Me know too, about man. It I learn things every time. <laughs> oh, I know it. I didn't know until a little earlier that Carter had taken that Z for a drag race and didn't know anybody. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I, well, I've got one. It was a. It's a. 
it's an ugly story. It's an ugly birthday story. But we were over at Dad's mother's house celebrating my birthday. And I was maybe 11 or 12. Maybe 11 or 12. And Dad was young. Uh, Dad had us all at a young age. Right. Before he's 30, he, yeah, mid-30s. Before he was 30, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was born. So um, you enjoyed a lot of the things that we enjoyed. And I don't know who got me this gas-powered, tether-driven model airplane. Um, you, you put the gas in it. You you fired it up with your with your fingers, the propeller. You, you get those fingers out of the way, too. Yeah, it had a tether, and you would just fly it in a circle. So this was not only fun for an 11-year-old, but apparently for a 35-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Memo had a pretty good spot in their backyard. There was this, oh, yeah, there was this field. We mm-hmm. played back there a lot, just yep. field. So we are going to take it out on its on its maiden flight. So Dad says, "Hey, hey, you better let me try first. You know, we don't know, we don't know how this is going to work. Uh, let me go ahead and get it up in the air." And then, you know, I'll, I'll pass it off to you. Okay, all right. So we got our We don't want none of us to get no, hurt. No, don't get hurt. Or anything like that. Stand there, watch. <laughs> I'll take the responsibility. <laughs> so we get it fired up. Bing, 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 bing. He got it up in the air and I think made two passes. And it was moving. And it was, it was going. Made two passes around and went nose first into the ground. Boom. 90 degree angle. Shattered in I don't know how many pieces. <laughs> Future pilot, but my heart was in as many pieces as that plane. <laughs> and Dad, oh, he looked up at me. He goes, "That's what you call a nose cone." <laughs> and I was mad. Oh, that was, was it. Mad. That, that was, was it. it. That was it. All she wrote. That was it. The fun was over. Fun never was got over. it fixed. Never got it fixed. Never don't, had another flight. I, I don't think I got another. One. Uh, I think we switched to well, to cars after that. Well, a few yeah, years later, he, he he got him back, Donnie. Didn't he? Oh yeah, he kind of got him back. Oh yeah. I, I Wasn't was, there an incident? Uh, let me see if I can prompt you, Carter, and see if you can remember exactly what happened. Um, so this is when we lived out a um, little bit a little bit south of where we are now. There was a big outbuilding in <coughs> the house, a, a large barn. And uh, the house that we lived in did not have gas heat, had kerosene heat. There, I remember kerosene heaters in every room. Um, <laughs> well, also, probably had gas heat, but he didn't use it. No, we didn't have it. No, which it is really ironic electric. because right now, yeah, you will smother in this house yeah, right now. I don't know what happened to the sweater, by the way. <laughs> he never sweats anymore. It's just the opposite. It can be 60 outside and it's 80 inside. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, those days are gone. Yeah. But, so we were, you know, it gets cold here, and of course snows too. But we kept firewood down at the outbuilding, and every once in a while, Dad Carter and I—you were already gone by this time—we would just decide, okay, let's go down and get a bunch of firewood and bring it back up to the house, so we don't have to, you know, make several trips. So we'd get enough for three or four days, which meant. You know, a pretty good armload, and everybody made three or four trips. Yeah, and that was enough to get you through. That was enough work for the moment. Well, Dad's gotten up a good sweat by then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was a good, you know, good enough, uh, good enough trip. So this particular trip, uh, there was about four or six inches of snow on the ground. I can remember this. So we needed we needed firewood up at the house. And Carter, I'll let you pick up from there. <laughs> As I recall, um, I wasn't happy about getting firewood. And exactly. on the way down to the barn, Dad was hounding me about something. 
well, you need to do this, 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 this. And I was getting madder and madder by the second. And finally, when he had enough, uh, he turned around and started walking back to the house. Well, I thought for some reason it would be a good time to test out my throwing arm. <laughs> so I packed a snowball, and I had a pretty good arm as a, as a child. Catcher. And I was, well, I wasn't a kid. I was old enough to drive. I remember yeah. that yeah. Uh, because it wasn't too much after that. I took, the, I took off in the car <laughs> to avoid the wrath. But I, I just, you know, I wasn't going to, I had, didn't intend on hitting him. But I was just gonna get it close <laughs> enough to let bit. it know, yeah. <laughs> but I remember I threw it and I, and it was cold, and he had his back to me. He was walking, walking away, and I threw it, and it hit the tip of his right ear, just enough to sting the fire out of him. And he turned around, and oh, man. the maddest I've ever seen him. Oh. And uh, words I can't repeat. <laughs> But I was worried. I was scared for my life. That was before he was packing. Yeah, yeah. Was days, it, was like, it was an ice it ball. It was an ice ball. It was an ice ball. But it just stung him, man, to flick that ear. Flick oh, that ear. But I remember I got in my car after that. I said, I may or may not come home. I think the common denominator in these stories, as it's, as patient and long-suffering as the man is, that he had a line that you, you didn't have to you didn't cross. You just shouldn't cross. No. no. When we were uh, grow about about uh, it was it was after this you're talking about we were I was an adult because I had kids at this time, and uh, y'all were in the same house, and um, I, we'd gotten my kids we we've had <laughs> two little boys, uh, I, I think probably just the two at the time maybe Luke was around but probably just the two oldest they were just little guys but we'd gotten them these big water cannons for the summer you know <laughs> that hold a ton of water and they just shoot forever, you know? And so uh, we got playing with those water cannons and we got us three were playing with water cannons outside and we're chasing each other around the yard. And I, I was just really trying to, to, to give it to y'all. And I'm sure y'all have soaked me already. So I was chasing y'all. And so you y'all had this great idea that you would run inside the house and get away and go and seek refuge inside of the house. Well, Sanctuary. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm no, sorry, no, but no. you just don't seek sanctuary by going in the house. I mean, it's not like we're shooting milkshakes at each other. It's just water, you know. So I ran in the house after you all, and there was a long shotgun hallway that went all the way back to the bathroom. And in the, if you looked all the way down the hallway and through the bathroom door, the, the tub was there. It was this straight shot. And so I was standing in the hallway, and y'all had reached a dead end, and you jumped in the tub. And I was just emptying that gun in the tub and, a bit, and probably getting it everywhere else. And about that time, the head honcho shows up and ran out. And he had this look on his face like the Incredible Hulk. It was like I've the angry Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And look. so he grabbed grabbed that gun and he grabbed the guns for y'all and he threw them inside the tub. He looked at me and said, and he pointed his finger at me and he said, you are worse than the kids. <laughs> I, I, that hurt, man. You know, I mean, it really hurt. But that was a uh, that was kind of ugly. Yeah, I well, I, I tell you what, if something comes to mind, and I'll, I'll I'll share this because there have been plenty of opportunities where you probably some so a, a lesser man would have gone ugly fast, <laughs> and you didn't. And I can think, of, and it just now came to mind. Uh, it's same house that we talked about with the outbuilding and everything. You remember that that house was on a well. Far enough out, we didn't have city water or anything like that. It was on a well. 
And I remember that well malfunctioned. I mean, it was in the crawl space of the house. Mm. And something had gone wrong with it. And you had gotten up into an impossibly small crawl space. And you were trying to prime that pump. Mm. And I was up in the house, and he's shouting directions for me to turn on the water to see whether or not it's working. So he's under there. And if you remember... The family who lived there before us left a little map of where you could dig in the yeah, front yard. Yeah, yes, sir. And sure enough, we What's dug the there, stuff, dug there, and we found that the cat for that well. Yeah. But anyway, what I remember is, and, and it probably went on for a very long time. It seemed like a long time, so I know it had to be. But you would prime that pump, and then would come the moment of truth when it was time to test it to see if the prime had taken, or if the seal that you were fixing or working on was working. And we, we hit that pump. And I couldn't see Dad, but I could hear him down there. <laughs> and I'd hear the pump, and I'd hear the water spraying out of it under pressure. <laughs> and Dad, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. You know, 15 minutes. I'm dead. I can hear the, the wrenches clinking, and I can hear him shuffling around. He's in a tight spot. Okay, let's go. Turn it on. <laughs> turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> that went on for so long. Oh, but, man. But not to be upset or mad or anything like hey, that, you know, just got to get done. Done. I mean, patience, patience for days. Get patience. Done. I know one that you remember, Dad, because you reminded me of it. And that was when I had that old, I had an old car yeah. that I wanted to change the oil on uh, by myself. That red you know, Pontiac. Yeah. It was a 72 Pontiac Le Mans. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, man. It hadn't had the oil changed forever. And when I went to take the oil filter off with the oil filter wrench, it just collapsed the filter mm -hmm. and it ripped it off. Now, the mechanism that screws it and secures it to the engine block and everything was fast. It was frozen. Saw, you know how metal can freeze to metal. Not cold, but it was frozen fast. And how, how many days did we work, Dad, to get that thing? It must have been a week. It was, it was nearly a week that we were up underneath that car, we finally fashioned a tool that fit into just a couple of holes in the metal part of that filter. We got that thing off. And, man, we rejoiced. Yeah. <laughs> man, when that thing came off, we were so happy. We, we survived the battle. You know, man. but I don't ever remember him getting mad. No, no, no. Throwing down a wrench in disgust no. or saying, you know, just, most, just tow this thing up to the garage. Most of our problems, like we, we yeah. created ourselves. We created those problems <laughs> ourselves. And, you, you know, you talk about the one instance I can re remember like it was yesterday. This will be my last ugly story. But it, it was a Sunday, and we were sitting around eating Sunday dinner. And uh, we were having some type of a roast or something. So um, I... Had the ketchup bottle. I grabbed the ketchup bottle off of the table and, you know, uh, put some ketchup on whatever I was eating. Uh, set the bottle back on the table and put the top on the on the bottle. I didn't screw it down. <laughs> I just left it ajar on the top, thinking somebody's, you know, bound to notice that the lid's not screwed on there. Sure, you think? Dad was sitting directly across from me. Well, he decided he needed a little bit of ketchup on what he was eating. <laughs> so uh, he picked up the bottle with the lid not on securely and shook it. <laughs> and in the process, got everywhere. <laughs> on the table, on the food, on him, oh, and goodness. gave me a look. And before he said anything, I, and what made him the maddest is I laughed. Because it was funny. <laughs> you, you can't help yourself. And before he said anything... I got up from the table and went into my room because, <laughs> because I knew it was coming. He didn't have to tell me, you know, get out of here. Oh, You're man. done. 
I knew well, it. Well, you know, sometimes, I mean, things things change from generation to generation, and some of the things that were good at the time uh, ended. In my case, at least, I can think of one thing that was really good at the time that ended up kind of bad and, and pretty ugly for me. You know, when when that one of Dad's things was that when it was time for a new vehicle, he would kind of surprise the family. With, and I'm saying surprise with air quotes. I'd surprise the family. And we would, there wasn't no buildup. There wasn't looking at cars.com. There wasn't talking about it. Looking at new, you, you, you come home one day and there's a new car. <laughs> and it was usually pretty cool because dad was in the cars, you know. So it was a GTO or a Z28. Yeah, something. Mustang 5.0. Yeah, MG. Yeah. Something. And so um, <laughs> I, we, I come home one day and I was probably, when we, 78, was that, it was a, it was a uh, Camaro Z28. Was it a 78 or something? I must have been a senior in high school. 79. Yeah, so I was a freshman in college. So I'm driving home in our family Malibu Classic, you know. And I, we lived in a dead end, and so I see this really cool. They looked almost like Trans Ams back then. Really cool black with gold trim Z coming my way with the round headlights. And I'm thinking, look at this. Somebody has got, and about halfway to me, a few car lengths away, all I can see is teeth. <laughs> all I see is teeth, and I know that smile, I know that grin, and Dad is grinning from ear to ear, and he gets up to me, and he like rolls down the power window, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? And I mean, I'm just, I can't believe. So, fast forward, now I've got my family, Okay. I've got my family. I've been doing a little scouting of my own because it's time for me to get a vehicle. And uh, I'm going to surprise the family with a new vehicle. We ain't talked about it. We hadn't deliberated on it. Paige, I never mentioned it to Paige. We had some key. I'm just going to come on and surprise. So I go to the car lot to get this truck, this pickup truck I've been, I've been eyeballing. Z71, four-wheel drive, Chevrolet pickup, really nice. Mm. Leather interior. Four, I mean, it's really cool. So I bring it, while, and while I'm gone, unbeknownst to me, Paige called my office looking for me and says, uh, hey, uh, my secretary's name is Linda Street. Linda, can I speak to Les? Oh, he's not here. Really? Where is he at? Oh, he went out to go get that truck. <laughs> Paige said, say what? <laughs> he did what? And Miss Street said, uh, I, I might not have been, able, been supposed to say anything about that. She said, mm, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> And she said, uh, all right, I'm, I'll let you go. So I get home thinking I'm coming home and I'm going to surprise the family. With, and I got a look from my wife who was waiting outside for me. And the whole deal was we ain't talked about it. You ain't said anything about it. But the real problem was we had a snake in the, at the house. And it wasn't like what kind of snake. It's like they're all Snakes. There might as well be a diamondback rattlesnake in my wife's book. And she had tried to find me so I could come and handle that ticket, and she couldn't find me anywhere. So anyway, Dad, thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot for sending <laughs> that, that great example. Yeah. I still had fun when you brought the vehicles home, man. It just didn't translate well in my case. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're going to need to to wrap this up. Did you want to share anything else in your defense? You're just no, kind of I getting... think I don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what. Literally, it oh, worked out well. It it did. It worked out fine. Well, I tell you what. Let, let's do this. Um, if if y'all that are that are listening to this podcast, if you want to get some resources for dads, we're after Father's Day. We tried to put some things online and 
and make them available before Father's Day in case you wanted them. But um, if if you'd like to go to our website for the pages of my website, uh, Meanwhile Ministries, uh, it's meanwhileministries.com. That's where the good stuff is. You can get some free resources there if you'd like to. And uh, just go and check out that. There's other podcasts there as well. But before we uh, sign off, I'd like to have a prayer with you guys for Dad uh, because Dad is going to be having uh, surgery on Thursday, pretty extensive surgery, and uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the cancer except uh, maybe what some of the treatments have done to your uh, bones. And all. So he'll be having hip replacement surgery on Thursday, and it's Tuesday right now, so we want to have prayer for him. And then, uh, and then we'll sign off. So let me pray if I could, okay? Father, what a blessing it's been to, uh, to remember and, and to reminisce and certainly to laugh. Um, laughter really does, does the, the heart good like a medicine. And uh, thank you, Father, for the example that we've had uh, in Dad from our earliest memory all the way to now and how even when we don't realize it, we're passing on some of the same lessons that we learned from him to our own kids and now uh, to our grandkids. Father, we do ask that you would um, watch over him during his surgery on, on Thursday. We ask, Lord, that you would guide the doctor's hands every, uh, every inch of the way during the surgery. Please uh, help him to recover quickly and, and uh, be able to get back home. We ask, Lord, that you protect him from any kinds of infection or, um, or difficulty as a result of the procedure. Lord, he, we are all in your hands. And we know that he's in your hands and that you love him more than we do. And that's a lot. Uh, thank you, Father, for, for him and for um, what he means to us and uh, the way that you continue to use him day by day. Lord, I thank you for my brothers, for Donnie and Carter and their families. And I pray, Lord, that you'll continue to, to allow them to lead lives that honor you and that are a blessing to you and that... Uh, their, their sons and their daughter will do the same. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Talk to you next time. Thanks, Les. Thanks for listening to In the Meanwhile with Les and Paige Hughes. Visit MeanwhileMinistries.com to subscribe to email updates, and we'll send you free resources to encourage you while you wait on the Lord. And next time you're on Facebook, Feel free to join and interact with the Meanwhile Moments community group. If you have any questions you'd like to see answered on the show, email those to less at meanwhileministries.com. And please remember, there's always meaning in the meanwhile.